0: You may be seated tonight. Thank you, Ms. Brianna, Jen, and Evan. Appreciate that. And again, it's good to have folks in church tonight on this Mother's Day. Trust you had a great day. And I'd like you to take your Bible tonight and find Matthew chapter number 15. Matthew's Gospel chapter number 15. We're keeping in our Mother's Day vein of preaching today. Matthew chapter number 15. Find that place. In the Bible. I feel bad. One of my mothers went downstairs. Did she take staying downstairs? Is she staying downstairs with the kids? Matthew 15, let's pray. Father, bless the time now. Lord, it's been good. We thank you for the songs. And Lord, we love those songs, especially, Lord, to think about that uh, you as our Father care for us. And uh, every moment, every hour of the day, Lord, we are in your care. You watch over us. There's not a moment goes by, Lord, that you do not see us or your spirit does not uh, guide and help us. And, Lord, we thank you for that. Now, tonight, help us as we open the word of God. May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts. And may we see things tonight, as the Scripture says, may we behold wondrous truths from thy word. And, again, help each heart, encourage them. And I pray, Lord, again, you'll bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Matthew chapter number 15, and we will start our reading in verse number 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the coasts, same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciple came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered, Said unto her, O woman, Great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Here tonight we see the story of the the woman of Canaanite, sometimes called as the Syrophoenician woman, and uh, the story of her daughter who was possessed with a devil. And I firmly believe there's much of that going on today. We call it, we give it ilk names, we give it all kinds of diagnoses, medical treatments, my friend, nothing, but I'm convinced a lot of it is demonic. And I remind you that everything we see out there, everything that's going on in the world today, my friend, is all a spiritual battle. And what's going on with all the craziness, the absolute craziness is spiritual. The The world's fighting, the wars that are going on, the wars that are soon to come, the the, the, even to the troubles in the homes and down in the schools and the, the, the rebellion of the children and all of it is spiritual and, um, and we need to be reminded of that we live, We Bible talks about and reminds us uh, that we fight a war not a physical battle but Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against what? spiritual things there are spiritual beings that we wrestle against And uh, and, and a lot of our depression, anxiety, and anger, and emotional trauma can all be traced to spiritual problems. And if we deal with the spiritual, a lot of it will be taken care of and dealt with. In this text, Jesus is dealing with this woman who comes to him, and uh, he tells her in in the scripture, he says in verse number 28, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt, and her daughter is made whole from that very hour. The Word of God places a strong emphasis on the the subject and the word faith. Faith, my friend, is by which God operates and moves. The Bible says without faith it's what? It's impossible to please Almighty God. We must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him as a promise in the Word of God, but we must have faith. And faith, my friend, is not a blind leap in the dark. Faith is not holding on to something that you don't know anything about. Faith is believing what the Scripture teaches. That's simply what it is. It's not what you think it is. It's not what you made up. It's not what you designed. What does the Bible say? And let me hold on to that. And we sung the song day by day, and I forget the entire story, but there was a Swedish woman who wrote that whose health was badly She was a very ill woman, and she wrote that song about God's care and provision for her through her trials and illness, and it's a marvelous story, and we'll have to revive that one day and put it back in the newsletter for everybody to read. But again, the word faith, again, the Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath what? Everlasting life. And again, salvation is by faith in Christ. And, and you get some nut jobs out there that always want to uh, nitpick. They want to, you know, they want to take the, the magnifying glass or even the microscope and get down to and try and dissect even what faith is. My friends, faith, I, I believe. I'm, I'm believing what the scripture teaches. I don't have to know what's underneath the mountain and know all the layers of the rocks and the, and the sediments and, and what type of rocks to say, you know what, that's a mountain. That's just a mountain. God didn't say diagnose every aspect of it and know every creature and critter and, and tree and bush that grows on it. It's a mountain. Faith, I believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for me and, and there are components to it, but it's by faith we do that. We are not only saved by faith, but we are exhorted in the Bible to walk by faith. Again, we walk by faith, not by what? Sight. We don't, it's not what we see. And we always, and by the way, we know our eyes always deceive us. How many times have we watched a magician trick and we and we, we, we think, well, how is he doing that? Well, my friend, just because you your eye didn't catch the magic act. And there's no such thing as magic. Everything has a simple explanation on how it's done. And sometimes when we learn the answer and how the trick is done, we're like, You're kidding me. That's it. That's it's it's as simple as that. But with sleight of hand and a few things and uh, the, the, the magic is done. And so we can't always believe what our eyes show us. So by the way, with, with artificial intelligence, AI as it's called, you can't even believe anything you see anymore with videos and pictures because they just make that up now. They can, re- they can make your voice now, and you can get a phone call from me, and it sounds like me, but it's just it's AI. It's, it's, it's truly scary what's going on out there. So we can't always believe what we see but we can believe what we read in the Word of God. That's why Jesus encouraged us to hold on to the Scriptures and and, and believe the truth of the Scriptures because there's just so much we don't even know what's true anymore And, and what goes on out there. So again, we walk by faith, not by sight. Victorious living is accomplished by faith. The Bible says, for whosoever is born of God does what? He overcomes this world. We can overcome the, the problems of this world. We won't get caught up in it. The Bible talks about the, the, uh, that, uh, again, That and this is the victory that overcometh the world, what? Even our faith, 1 John 5, 4. How do we overcome the world? It's our faith. Again, faith in what the Scripture teaches us. Jesus said, Great blessings belong to those who have faith. He said, If thou can't believe if thou can believe, if thou can believe, what? All things are possible to him that believeth. If we can simply... Now, again, I realize there's, there's some crazy preachers out there who've taken that to extremes to mean something it doesn't mean and, and, and to claim blessings that God never gave you. But when we honestly look at Scripture and we rightfully dissect the Word of God, we can see how God wants to bless us. In our prayer life, we must have faith. Bible says in James chapter one, verse number six: "Let him ask in faith, what nothing wavering. Don't waver. You know, don't uh, yes, no, yes, no. What do you? What do you want? What's it going to be? Yeah, you, know, you ever you ever get a long line at like a restaurant or a coffee shop, and and you're there, you know, crawling." And, and finally the guy in front of you gets to the counter and, and, and after 20 minutes of being in line he still doesn't know what he wants. And he's like, uh, and you want to grab him and just like jerk him off. To this. Dude, you've been here 20 minutes, you still don't got to figure it out. Get out of the way. And, and, you, and you tell the person what you want. And then let me have the, uh, no, 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 don't even change that. And he's like, You're your back. And this is where your Christianity is really pushed to extremes and tested in these situations, because the person keeps wavering in front of you. Oh, well, my friend, imagine Almighty God, how we waver back and forth. Now I realize there's some things we don't know how to pray, and there's things we don't even know what to ask for. Always oh, say, God, help me. And we know the Spirit of God helps our prayers with groanings which cannot be uttered, the Bible says. So again, we must have faith and believe God. And, and the story we see here is of a mother's faith, Again, you don't have to be a mother here today and be a mom or even be a woman to get a blessing and, and see and get some encouragement and some truth from this story here today. This story is of a woman and, and, her, and her faith and, and, and what God did for her. Why? Because of her faith. And the story really is giving, broken down for us into three parts in this story. I want to first of all look at the problem of a mother's trouble. The trouble of a child is a mother's trouble. When a child is sick, and when a child has a problem, that becomes the mother's problem. The mother will take that responsibility on her own. And uh, no matter what it is, a mother will always seek to care for her children. Let a child hurt, the mother will hurt. Let a child be depressed, the mother will be depressed. Let a child uh, be disturbed and, and unhappy, the mother will become disturbed and unhappy. And on and on it goes. Oftentimes I would see my brothers do certain things and I would see the problems it would cause. And whenever I was having a problem in my life, I was always reluctant to tell my mother what the problem was in my life because I didn't want to add a burden to my mother. And so I would take those things and hide them within myself and and not tell anybody what struggles I may be going through because I didn't want to press the burdens more on my mom as three brothers were already piling a boatload of problems onto her. And yes, it was said. So again, her child is sick. She ha- this child has an affliction and, and sickness is always a problem. And-, 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 and afflictions should not dissolve affection. Just because somebody is sick does not mean we don't care for them anymore. When we truly love somebody, their affliction becomes our affliction. How many faithful people I've seen in my life that when they're uh, there's a lady, I don't know if she's still alive, but she was up here in the hospital in West Hudson here. It's not West Hudson anymore, but you know the building I'm talking about. There's a, there's a long-term care facility in there. And, uh, and I don't have time for the story tonight, but this woman was laid in this bed as she was suffering from MS and, and unable to walk. But her husband, as soon as he got off work, came to her and he sat with her. Uh, all evening until he went home around midnight and got up in the morning went to work and came and every day for seven days a week he, he did that and on a Saturday he got there and he would sit there all Saturday with her and sit there all Sunday with her and then on Monday do the same thing go to work and as soon as he got off from work he'd go then go in the evening and sit with her and somebody asked him well, why do you do this you know why don't you do other things she's just laying here you really can't do nothing for her and, and the story was that, and, and, and I know the story to be true because I know the couple and know the people who know him really well, that uh, years ago he was dating her and he broke off the dating and, and uh, she, she married somebody else. as was a bad marriage and then she divorced and married him. And he said, I, I lost her once and I'm not going to lose her again. I'm not going to lose her again. So he decided to stay with her. His affections were not affected by her afflictions That's how life works, my friends, and that's how we, we should always be there. Be careful with that. And so this child is sick, and, 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 and rather, sometimes when affections grow, uh, or when there's afflictions, sometimes our affections may wane. In trouble, the mother turned to Jesus Christ, and it's always wise, my friend, to, this, to turn to Jesus Christ in the hour of trouble. I am not against doctors. I like doctors. They have fixed me on occasions. The last doctor I was at has, did not fix me. In fact, I'm still in pain. I'm, so I have to go back to the doctor and find out why my knee is still killing me. But, uh, but other doctors have done well and have fixed me up. My shoulder is as good as it was and, and back to normal. Uh, the period of recovery was bad, but it, it was part of the process. But my shoulder is back to where it was. I can stand in the backyard and, and throw... The baseball again and throw the football again and, 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 and lift and carry and do things with my shoulders that I hadn't been able to do for years because of the affliction I had. And so I'm glad for doctors and we ought to go to doctors. We ought to seek medical counsel. But my friend, our first priority, our first choice is to go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to give direction and give healing and help us with the problems we face in life. We notice in this scripture the heart cry of this mother where she says in verse number 25, and notice this phrase, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. In her need, she prayed to the point she experienced no difficulty in expressing her need and her heart's desire. Sometimes we may be reluctant to tell somebody what's on our heart or to express how we feel, but here we see in this situation she had no trouble. And again, her prayer was not selfish where she's saying help me because notice that her daughter has an affliction and it's the mother's affliction, so it's help me. In other words, help us. Can you help me? What's your problem? Well, my daughter has an illness. My daughter's sick. And so she, and it's always wise for us to turn to Jesus when we are in trouble. It should not be the only time we talk to him, by the way. And, and the Bible says that our God is what? A very present help in what? A time of trouble. We always will have trouble. We're not exempt from trouble. We will always have trouble. And so when we have trouble, we're to go to God who says he's a very present help in that time of trouble. So do you have trouble? Where, where should I go? I'm, I'm going to Almighty God. I'm seeking God out in this situation. No matter what the thing is, seek God. And then we may have to seek other avenues, but God is first, and it may require law enforcement. It may require medical attention. But always seeking God first. God is the first one of our priorities. If we cut our finger off, Jesus, help me, we'll call the ambulance, you nut. You know, that's what he may say to you because you just may have to bleed, bleed yourself. Up. I'm going to trust God. while you're No, I'm going to help you. It's, I'm going to, let me give you the number. It's nine one one. Call that and and they'll come fix you up. That'd be a good thing. Sometimes we just wonder what's going on. So again, we see a mother here. Her first part is a mother's trouble. Uh, We see the second part here, a mother's testing. A mother's testing. When we read this story, we think, well, why is the Lord being so mean to her? Why does he not answer her prayer? Why does he call her names? And I heard one sodomite preacher, and he was a true sodomite, and, uh, and, and uh, saying that Jesus was racist here because him being Jewish, she was a Syrophoenician. And, and Jesus was racist here. And, 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 and really the lady shamed him. And so Jesus overcame his racist ways and then he helped her. Can I say that guy's not only a stupid sodomite, but he, he's a moron. Because he doesn't understand the scriptures. There's a biblical principle being taught here. And it's about your, your persistence in your prayer life. And, and being... Persistent to keep praying. God is not racist, my friend. What does the Bible teach us? That God is what? Not a respecter of what? Persons. Persons. God's not a respecter of persons. By the way, that works in salvation, by the way. God doesn't pick certain people. God's not a respecter of persons. Whosoever will may come. From all over this planet. God's not a respecter of persons. So so when you don't know your Bible and you're filled with demons and and, and evil and and, 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 a complete immoral pervert, you may think Jesus was racist. But when you're saved and have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within you and you're filled with the love of Christ and, and, and know him, you'll understand the spiritual application in the story. So again, we see that this mother's... Had, had, had great faith. She's facing great testing and she made her plea to Jesus but the answer did not come, come, come at once. There, there are many things to, to, to her that's going to test her faith. The first thing we see is the Lord's silence where she comes to him and she says, and uh, Lord, again, help me. But the Bible says he, she, he answered her, not her word. He answered her, not a word, verse number 23. Now, the silence of Jesus Christ in ignoring this woman. None of us like to be ignored, by the way. It's very frustrating when somebody ignores us. It doesn't happen too often, but on occasion, somebody will choose to ignore you. Usually a very ignorant person chooses to do that. Excuse me, I have to get past. And, excuse me, I, I, I need to get by. And It, and it gets frustrating. Nobody likes to be ignored. And the Lord is purposely ignoring this woman. I'm not sure if he's looking at her. I'm not sure if he turned off to the side. I'm not sure if he turned around. I'm not sure what happened here, but he's ignoring her and, and not listening to her. But his silence does not mean he is not concerned. His silence does not, is not evident of him being unconcerned. What he's doing here is he's testing. He's testing her faith. Now, if any of you have ever gone to the gym to work out, you know that the first time you sat down in the gym and maybe you put picked up a, a, a dumbbell and you went, ah, and put it down, and I'm good. That's that's six months right there. No. No. Or you, ah. anyways, those guys always have to make noises while they're working. I always, you know, disturb me anyway. And you, ah. and then you walk away and you're like, then I mean, you check yourself out in the mirror and take a few selfies and, and well, you no, know, you didn't do anything. But testing, my friend, comes from the continual workout, the continual going there. And what's the purpose? It's to build yourself up, it's to get in shape, to lose weight, to tone some muscle and, and make you feel better about yourself and, 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 and whatever the case may be, whatever it is you're looking for. But he answered her not a word. And Sometimes we cry out to God, but sometimes God doesn't seem like he hears us. I've prayed and God hasn't answered. I've prayed and God is silent. I've prayed and I've got no response from the Holy Spirit of God. And and, and God's not working and God's not moving here in my life. Again, his silence, he's testing our faith. and, And we remember in the story how the Lord put clay on a blind man's eyes and told to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, Jesus could have healed him with a word. Jesus could have said, be healed and, 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 and fix the whole problem. But instead, he, he spit on the ground and made a little mud and then wiped that dirt on that man's eyelids and said, now you go down, and, he, and he's blind, by the way, go down to the pool of Siloam. And when you get down there, you go into that fountain there and you, and you, and you wash your face and, and get that dirt off your eyelids and, and you'll come away seeing. Well, that's kind of odd. Well, why would he do that? Again, all he had to do was speak, and everything would have been made right. But he did it for a reason. Again, it was the idea of testing. Testing. And we don't really appreciate things until, my friend, until we've been tested. If things are handed to us, I know a kid in this town. His father constantly buys him brand new cars, and the kid drives like an idiot, and he has smashed like six of them. You know why he keeps smashing cars and crashing them? because he's never once had to work for one of them. He's never put in long hours and, and, and saved his pennies and then went down to a dealership and, and, and stressed and worried about if he's getting the right car and, and this is not a lemon, this is going to be a good one, and, and then bought it. And then when we do that, then we appreciate the value of what we have. I, I worked as a from 8th grade all the way through high school saving my pennies till I was a senior, and finally in my Spring of my senior year, I went and I spent seventeen hundred dollars, which is a lot of money in 1982, and bought myself a 1973 Nova, which I kept till 1987, then let my sister have it while she was learning how to drive. But that was my car. I was careful with that car because I it took me almost four years to save my pennies to Possessed, And I had to buy my own insurance and, and pay for my own registration. My parents couldn't help me with anything. That's not that they didn't want to. They just couldn't. That was my car. I, this is mine. i got to be careful with it. But that kid crashes on left and right. And then, hey, Dad, I crashed. And Dad, okay, there's another one, son. And he and takes off. When we have to, when we go through a testing, we'll appreciate it so much more. We'll value it so much more. When our faith grows through a testing and God strains us and God puts us through that mill, when the answer comes, it's so much sweeter because God heard and God answered. The Lord sometimes delays and, and His answers to our prayers in order to test us, but it's not only that, but it's to our establish our faith. And remember, God knows what He's doing. We, again, does God care for us as a father for a child? Yes, and God is a benevolent father, but God is not a, a, a slacker father who just lavishes gifts to spoil his children. His gifts are, 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 are the right gifts at the right time for the right purpose to, to make us more like Christ and, and to make us so that we can be better servants to be a better blessing to somebody else. The gifts of the Spirit of God, my friend, are not for our enjoyment. They are for the benefit of the body of Christ and not so much for us. And when our faith is tested and we have to go through trials and and waiting, we appreciate and value what has been given to us. It was so with Mary and Martha when their brother Lazarus died. Jesus delayed and they wondered at his absence and, and his silence. Why didn't Jesus get back here sooner? Shouldn't he have found the quickest horse and, and rode back into town and, and healed Lazarus while he was still alive? And now he's three days dead and, and now he finally shows up. But when he did appear, what happened? It was a great, great blessing in everybody's faith was increased, that Jesus can do anything. Even death cannot stop him. He speaks, and dead cells and decaying, rotting tissue becomes living and whole again. What an amazing God we serve. Remember that God's delaying is not God's denying. We notice here the disciples, and God bless these men. I don't say anything bad about them because... I, I, I identify with them all too often. <laughs> I identify with Peter all too often. I haven't said too many good things, but I've said a lot of dumb things in my life. That you're like, what in the world? Where did that come from? What are do you doing? How could you say something so some stupid? I don't know. It just came out. Well, watch it from now on. I will. But you're going to do it again. I know I am. Okay. Okay. Good. And, and I have these conversations with myself. I know you don't talk to yourself, but every now and then I, I talk to myself and sometimes it's really when I'm around some people, it's the only intelligent conversations I have. Oh. <laughs> you all been there, eh, amen. <laughs> you, you, you've all been there. Don't don't look at me. I'm not talking about you folks, but there are folks out there that you, you know, you're like, It's like hello? Anybody home there? Hello? <laughs> I like got a test pattern in their eyeballs. Some of you don't even know what a test pattern is anymore. It's like like midnight on the TV. The the Star Spangled Banner played, and then it went blank for the next six hours. Boo! It's like... It's over? TV's over? Anyway. In this story, we see the disciples' smugness and and what they do in this answer, and how uh, it says in verse 23, and his disciples came and besought him saying send her away for she cried after us now Jesus you've ignored her and she, she walked away from you and now she's, now she's haunting us get rid of her she's annoying and again the, the disciples here and the, and the conduct of the Lord's disciples is, is more likely to drive away than to attract anybody and we want to be careful by the way in how we treat people and how we act around people and because our smugness and, and our unconcern can, can drive people away from the cause of Christ, when we're so trying, trying to bring people to Christ, there are times when we cannot help people, and there are times when people are only going to use us to abuse us and, and take advantage of us, and, it's not going, and they have no desire to change or to be helped. But we have to be careful. The disciples did not understand the Lord's silence and they thought he did not care. They have been with him for three years and they, they still did not know how much Jesus cared for others. And, and, and again, they, they, the disciples, watching the Lord, ignoring her, and then they absorbed this and said, you know what, if he doesn't want to deal with her, we don't want to deal with her. They missed the whole lesson. They missed the whole object lesson. Not only the Lord's trying to help this woman out and he's also trying to help his disciples and she's not understanding it and the disciples are failing in this school that they're in it's amazing when you watch the disciples and you really study disciples everybody seems to be passing the test all around them and then these 12 guys keep failing (laughs) which encourages me by the way because these are the ones God chose which the scripture says that God has not chosen The 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 wise of this world, but the foolish things of this world, to confound the wise. And so the disciples here again—they're failing in the school of ministry, and they're like, "Lord, get rid of her. We don't want to, dude. You're 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 in the ministry. Your ministry's people. Somebody once said that the ministry would be wonderful if it wasn't for people. And my friend, that may be comical, but it's not really comical because people is what the ministry is. It's dealing with everybody with all kinds of issues. And and even when they're not having issues, you're dealing with people and what they go through. And we ought to have empathy for others. We ought to be caring for this. They should have looked at this woman and and, and saw that she was in great stress and great distress and and, and worried about her daughter. And they should have said, Jesus, can can you help her out? Lord, I I don't know why you're ignoring her, but can you do something about her? But no, they like, get rid of her too. We don't want her around us. We only want the happy cases. And in the ministry, sometimes we don't always get the happy cases. We have to go through, before you can walk out of the hospital healthy, you have to go through those hours in the bed sick before you you come out. Sometimes we have to see others sick and have empathy for them and, and let the great physician, Jesus Christ, deal with them. Again, this is where a lot of people are in their Christian life. They've been saved for years, but they... Still don't know much about Jesus Christ, and they've been with Christ for some time now, and they still haven't figured him out. Right. Philippians tells us that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and what? The fellowship of his suffering. My friend, suffering is as much a part of Christianity as it is with the, the, the power of his resurrection. I want a victorious Christian life, but there's also the suffering with Christ walking like Christ, and acting like Christ, and living like Christ, I may face the same things my Savior faced. And so we see this mother being tested here. We see this mother here, and what she's going through, and, and, and the trial in her life, and, and, and what she's going through here, her trouble, and her testing. And let me give you the third part of the mother here, a mother's triumph, a mother's triumph. Faith, my friend, will always and should always give way to victory. And nothing stopped this mother. She had faith in Christ, and her persistence to keep knocking at the door. This woman possesses two wonderful characteristics. You know what those two wonderful characteristics are that we all ought to possess that was in this mother? The first is humility, and the second is faith. Look, if you will, at Matthew chapter number 15 and verse number 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he, by the, that's, that's humility, by the way. When you ask somebody for help, you're admitting, I can't do this, I, I, I have no ability on this end, I need help. You'll humble yourself to ask for help. How many times have you gone to help somebody? I don't need any help. Okay. You're on your own, and then you watch them fall flat on their face, and you watch them keep rolling and falling, and they finally say, can you help me? I'll help you. But he answered, said, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast at the dogs. Now, why does he say that? Well, again, he's, he's Jewish and she's Gentile. And, and so this is kind of, it, it can seem like a very racist statement. Jews are the children of God. They're, they're, the, they're the chosen ones. They're the, the apple of God's eye. And, uh, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a rough statement. That's a, that's a, that's a tough one. And he says, but she said, truth, Lord. (laughs) Notice how she doesn't argue with him. Because he knows, she knows that he can fix the problem. And so she's not going to walk away from the only one who can fix the problem. Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Anybody, anybody who's ever had a dog, if that dog is allowed to be in the kitchen with you, you know when you eat, that dog wants to eat. You know that when something falls to the floor, and if you've not trained your dog, that dog's and my, sometimes things would fall on the floor, and my dog would sit there and stare at me, and I would just and I'd fall on the floor, and I just tap my foot and just <laughs> come flying over and, and eat it up. Somebody can break in the house, somebody can crawl through the window, that dog would lay there. I go in the refrigerator, open the drawer, and open the cheese package. Next thing I'm looking, oh, there's a dog standing next to me. It's like, <laughs> and so I'm eating a piece of cheese, and I'm giving the dog a piece of cheese. When I was a boy, we had two dogs. And I loved my mom's cooking. My mom made some wonderful cooking, but every now and then she would make things I didn't like. Now, I know this is difficult for some of you to understand, but growing up, my father was Polish. We would have kibasi, or kielbasa, however you want to pronounce it. Every now and... I didn't like kielbasa as a kid. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the taste of it, and so my mom would make a, ring, a couple of rings of kibasa. we'd have sauerkraut, and I'd be like, oh, you hate kibasa. and so I'd fill up on the, the cabbage and whatever else mom put on the table, and I'd eat there, I'd sit there and take the kibasi and I'd <laughs> and throw it under the table, and that dog would be right underneath me, amen, those dogs live good, long, healthy lives, because they're full of that Polish kibasa. The only thing, my other thing, my mom would make that I didn't like was every now and then she would fry up some fish, and I was not a fish eater as a kid. I eat kielbasa now. I like a good kibasa on a on some rye bread with some spicy brown mustard. That's a good thing. Sometimes it gets too garlicky. I almost killed my doctor one time after I ate a kielbasa sandwich and went to the doctor after that. And he's like, and so, uh, and I'll eat fish every now and then. I would feed my dog, that dog would, and every now and then my father knew we didn't like things, and he would scream and kick at those dogs and chase them away, and, and those dogs would be off to the side, and then I'd be looking at the dog, the dog would look at me, and, I'd be, and that dog would, like, combat, like some, some marine on the beach of Iwo Jima would come crawling along the floor around the edge of the table and underneath the table, I mean, because we weren't allowed to leave the table until all our plate was clean. That's how mom operated. We had a tall glass of milk on the table in those metal cups that were purple and blue. And, and we had to drink a, a cold glass of milk every night for supper. That was our meal. That dog would eat from the crumbs that fell from the table. Everybody's dog eats from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. It's a truth, my friend. And here this dear woman looks at the Lord Jesus Christ and she utters that phrase I I, I need a blessing. Give me some crumbs. Let some crumbs fall my way. I need you to help me. My friend, she said, Just give me some crumbs. I don't need the bread, but if I could just have some crumbs, it would be enough. What a thought! What a thought! But my friend, we have a God who does not give us crumbs. He gives us bread. (laughs) He gives us bread. He gives us the whole slice of bread. I don't know about you, one of my favorite treats, and I haven't done it in a while because I'm trying to diet, but one of my favorite things sometimes in the morning, if I go to work especially, or other times, is to go down to the deli and get me a, a cup of coffee and a buttered roll. The simple sit there with a cup of coffee. Whether it be a Portuguese roll, it could be a hard roll, and sometimes even an Italian roll. But Portuguese and butter and hard rolls are the best. But sit there with a cup of coffee and eat a butter roll is a wonderful delicacy in my life. I have dined on lobster and, and filet mignon, but when I'm sitting there with that coffee and butter, it, it's all the same to me as I'm enjoying the good things that God has provided in life. And it's simple things. My friend, I don't just eat the crumbs that fall from the buttered roll. I God gave me the entire roll. And God does not give us crumbs, my friend. God gives us the whole thing. We don't get the crumbs of salvation. We get the entire package of salvation. And it's awarded to anybody who will come and ask him for it and he looks at this woman as he's, she's been mistreated as she has been denied she has been called names and she has uh, been told certain things and she keeps coming back and finally the lord i can imagine and he him knowing all things knows what the end of the story but i imagine if we were to put this in the human frame of mind we would think these things please don't go away please stay with me I'm going to treat you mean for a little while, but, but please stay, because there's a great blessing if you just stay. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to strengthen you. I'm trying to build your faith. I'm trying to build these knuckleheads' faith over here. And I, and I want you to stay with me. And, and I'm going to say things that are going to be cruel and unkind, but, but please don't go away. Stay with me. And her heart was so burdened and so distressed that she continued to stay. And finally, when she says that about the crumbs falling from the master, she turns. And looks at her and says in verse number 28, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. We see the rewarding of this woman here and what God did for her. Again, we need more mothers. We need more individuals who will bring their troubles and needs to Jesus Christ. Again, all people need to have a, 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 to strive for unwavering faith. And that's what she had. She had unwavering faith that would not go away, but she continued to stay there. And we ask you, again, how much do we pray for things in our life? How much do we plead before Almighty God and ask God for things in our life till God will finally hear and open heaven's doors and answer the prayers that we want? What is it you want in life? What is it you're seeking in life? What is it you're petitioning the throne of Almighty God for that you're not getting from God? Continue to ask God. And do not let go. Grab hold of the horns of the altar and, and, and cry out like Jacob of old. I will not let thee go until thou bless me and learn to wrestle with God. And, and, and even if it cost you to limp the rest of your life like Jacob of old, you, you got the blessing from all way God. Jacob, how come you're limping? What's wrong with your, your thigh and, your, and, your, and your, your hip? What's wrong with you? I wrestled with God all night. And God, bless me, and don't call me Jacob anyway. My name is Israel now. God changed my name because I learned to wrestle with Almighty God. So here's a real encouragement for us that day. We need to learn to pray and keep praying. People have problems. People have children have gone astray. People have no children. People don't have a spouse yet. Have we prayed? Keep praying. This mother kept praying, and she kept asking. And mothers and fathers continue to pray that their son and daughters will walk in the ways of God. Pray that their children will come and know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, and not let go of God until God answers that prayer. And say, God, we need to be like that one woman who continued to go to the unjust judge. And by her continual uh, coming to the judge, he finally answered her prayer and gave her what she asked for. There are things that are in the will of God that we can pray for. And salvation and other things are certainly in the will of God that we continue to pray. Jesus said those who what? Seek and knock will be rewarded. It will be opened unto you. It will be given to you, my friend. But we learn in Scripture that we have to continue. Prayer must be consistent. Prayer must continue to go on. And by the way, that woman's daughter, who's not there, who is sick, and, and again, who's possessed with a grievous devil. Notice that in verse number 22 at the end, my daughter a uh, grievously vexed with a devil. There's all kinds of devils, by the way. There's only one devil, but the others are devils. And there's all kinds of devils out there. Some are worse than others. That doesn't mean there's a good one out there. There's not Casper the friendly ghost out there. They're all, they're all bad. But some, and, and when the disciples could not cast out a demon, they said, Lord, why not? And he said, this kind, this kind, this kind, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. You better be right with me. You better have yourself prayed up and your sins confessed and be thoroughly right with me and have my power upon you if you're going to be casting this kind out. Amen. And this girl had a... Was grievously vexed. By the way, I'll be honest with you, and I'm going to be closing. This this, this transgender stuff, that's demon possession. That's demon possession. Even this LGBTQ R E S V P and, and M-O-U-S-C stuff is all of it's all demonic. It's all demonic. The, the, the absolute perversion of these people, these people mutilating themselves, one woman. Thought, I just saw it on the TV. She thought herself that she should be, have been born blind, so she purposely blinded herself. That's demonic. One man thought that he should be an amputee, so he had his arm amputated. So he could be an amputee because he felt like he should be an amputee. That's demonic. Mutilating oneself is, is demonic. Those are grievous devils vexing people. And they think we're crazy. No, you're the one mutilating your body. All this is of the devil. Maybe we need to stop praying for the right drug and find, and find Jesus Christ and get the devil cast out of some people. That's why when you mention Christ, that's why they flip out. And I'll say this again. When they start using these personal pronoun stuff, they're, 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 they're telling you They are broadcasting. Remember, Jesus walked up to the demoniac of the Gadareans. And he said, what is thy name? Our name is Legion, for we are many. What's your personal pronouns? They, them. That's interesting. That's interesting. What are they telling you? More than one in there. There's more than one in there. My pronouns are he, she, they, him. There's more than one in there. I'll pass it no it, there's no verse in the Bible that says and demon possession will end when Jesus ascends back then. no it's still here it's always been here we just so spiritually ignorant and so biblically uh, illiterate we don't recognize it anymore but now they're broadcasting it. they're telling you who they are and we're still looking at them like I, guess they, I should call them they, them. no I should ask them what's your real name who are you Jesus often addressed the demons himself and bypassed the individual. Jesus didn't talk to the man of the Gadarenes. He talked to the demon inside. Sometimes we just ought to talk to the demon inside the person and find out who they are. But before you do that, you better be prayed up. But again, we'll close. We see this dear woman. We see this mother here and what she went through. And how God answered our prayer. The faith of a mother. My friend, this is the faith of all children of God should have this type of faith. The persistence in prayer. Let's stand together. Now, Lord, we do thank you for the word of God. We thank you for this dear mother. This Gentile woman. Who sought out the Jewish Messiah. And we find that our Lord is not a respecter of persons. He wonderfully and happily wanted and did meet her need and healed her daughter. Lord, let us, who are children of God, have this faith and not leave the throne of mercy until we have obtained that which we have petitioned. We have boldness to come to the throne because of the blood of Christ and let us avail ourselves of that great privilege. Bless this time and hour now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My friend, maybe God spoke to your heart tonight. You want to come find a place here at this altar? Would you come tonight?